In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Do you remember as a kid on the playground that one kid who would always change the rules of the game halfway through? You know, you're you're playing tag or something, and and they do something 10 minutes ago, but when you do it, it's suddenly out of bounds, and you're like scratching your head like, what what happened? Or maybe you're playing a board game, it's Monopoly, and, and you try to buy some property, and they tell you, no, you can't do that. And you thought, well, you just did it. Why did the rules change. Well, uh, if if you can remember that kid who loved to change the rules, you can probably remember how frustrating it was, right? You're wondering, what happened? Why me? Why now? Um, uh, Maybe maybe you've felt that way, that kind of frustration, not in in some sort of game on the playground, but also just in life. Do you ever feel like life changes the rules on you halfway through? Like like maybe you're just figuring out the rules of the road at work, like what makes your boss happy and your, your co-worker is pleased and then all of a sudden you do the same thing that you've done 10 days in a row and, and they're not happy about it. Or, or maybe it's in a relationship, in, in a marriage. Do you ever feel like the, the, the rules of life just change the rules? Uh, uh, maybe, maybe you can think about it like this. Let me just give you a couple quick examples to help us today. I, I, I bet you felt like this, at least some of us did, after high school or during or, or after college. Because for 18 years of your life, uh, your parents probably did a lot for you. They cooked you food, they did your laundry, they, they put food on the table and a roof over your head, and, and they never put a bill on your door, right? But then you graduate high school and you go off to college and you come home during break and the pile of laundry suddenly doesn't just clean itself. Uh, Mom is, is subtly telling you, you need to pull your weight around here a little bit. You're old enough now. The rules have changed. Or, or maybe one day you do wake up and stumble out of your room after college when you're crashing with mom and dad for a while and there is a bill on the door asking you to chip in for the groceries. What didn't used to be the case has changed. Uh, I, I think this often happens in relationships, doesn't it? Early on in our relationships, we tend to do things that over time we don't do. Maybe for you as your spouse, they, they used to cook you these elegant meals. They'd show up at your apartment while you were at work and they'd put things together or they'd clean up around the house while you weren't there just to make sure everything is right. And, and now all of a sudden, a few years into your marriage, the rules have changed and, and you feel lucky if the spouse uh, picks up a pizza on the way home from work and you can't remember the last time they vacuumed or, or dusted somewhere along the line. The rules changed. Well, it, it's that kind of, of, of rule change, life rule change, that uh, seems to have happened in our psalm for today, Psalm 40. It, it seems as though there is this kind of seismic shift in the kingdom of God. It at least appears that way. And, and let me explain what I mean. Uh, let's talk about the Old Testament for a second. You probably remember, if you, if you think you know anything about the Old Testament, it's, it's that there are a lot of rules, right? Lots of commands, regulations that God gives to Israel, of course, for their good, uh, for their benefit. He's, he's trying to tell them how to live their best life and, and how to get along and play nice. But there's lots of rules. And uh, I, I would argue that the Old Testament is so much more than that. Uh, if that's all you think it is, it is so much more. It is this wonderful, grand, sit-on-the-edge-of-your-seat story full of excitement uh, and, and intrigue. Uh, it's a story of creation and redemption. Uh, but there are rules, admittedly. There are lots of rules, lists. And one of the places that we find those lists of rules and regulations is a book like Leviticus. Maybe you've heard of that book. Maybe you've even read some of the rules and regulations there. Lots of different kinds of rules outlined. But verses, or I'm sorry, chapters 1 through 7 in particular outline all of these rules and commands and regulations surrounding offerings and sacrifices to the Lord. And I just skimmed Leviticus 1 through 7 this, this week 
And here's a list of, of the rules or the different kinds of offerings that God commanded his people to make in those chapters. God demands that his people make all sorts of sacrifices to him. He talks about burnt offerings and grain offerings. He talks about peace offerings. He talks about sacrifices and offerings made for sin, both unintentional sins and intentional sins. He talks uh, about offerings made for the leaders, but also offerings made for the people. He talks about sacrifices made on, on behalf of the priests in their daily work, but also at their ordination. There are all sorts of of offerings that God commands, demands his people to make. And in, in chapters 1 through 7, we're actually told that, that these things please God. Uh, in fact, it almost says that these are the way to please God and appease his, his anger against sin. But then we get to Psalm 40. And if you want to flip there, it's on page 4 of your bulletin. And, and here's where, where it seems like the rules have changed. Because in Psalm 40, verse 6, this is what David writes. He says, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. And that kind of makes me scratch my head, right? I, I think to myself, has David not read Leviticus? Has he lost his Bible? Did he forget about it? Or is he trying to let us know that the rules have changed? That what God used to require, offerings, grains, goats, that he no longer cares too much about. What used to make him happy no longer puts a smile on his face. What is David telling us here? Uh, well, I and, and, and many or all theologians before me would, would say that's not the case. God has not pulled a 180. He's not taking the rug out from underneath us. Nothing has actually changed. Uh, what David is reminding us is, is that it was never actually, never, ever, not even in Leviticus and not in his time, not now. It was never just about the sacrifices and the offerings. That what God wanted was not just, not only goats and grains. That what, that what pleased him, what put a smile on his face, were, were not those things alone by themselves. And I, I think we could say the same today about our offerings. I, I don't think uh, maybe we should have a conversation if any of you are offering goats to the Lord. Um, I, I don't think any of you are burning grains on your home altars. But we do make offerings, don't we? We, uh, we put money in the plate. We donate our time. Maybe you've gone to feed my starving children. We have ushers here today, musicians, uh, choir, all, all giving of themselves. We, we do make our own offerings. And I, I think what, what David is reminding us today in Psalm 40 is, is that those things by, the, by themselves on their own are not enough. That, that what God wants is not just a few dollars from our wallet or a few hours of our time or, or for us to obey his rules here and there. He wants more than that. And in fact, what, what Psalm 40 is reminding us is that God God wants all of us. He doesn't just want the work of our hands or a few words from our mouths. He wants our hearts. He wants us to live a life of faith, a life that is completely and totally turned towards him, a life where we look to him for joy and hope and salvation and forgiveness. He, he, he wants so much more than just the few things, the stuff that we can offer him here or there. He wants us all. He wants our hearts. He wants us to live by faith. You could put it like this. When, when God has your heart, when you are living a life of faith, when you trust in Jesus w w with all that you are, then the works of your hands, the, the money you put in the offering plate, the hours you serve at Feed My Starving Children, that, that those things make him happy. But without your heart, uh, well, then so often we're spinning our wheels. If we think that we are doing those things just to get an angry God off of our, our back or to appease an upset father or check a box off of our list, that that's not what makes God happy. <laughs> he wants you all. He wants your heart. 
And the way that he gets there, the way that he, he enters down deep into the depths of our soul, the, the way that he commandeers the, 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 the heart inside of us, Psalm 40 tells us is actually through our ears. In order to get to our hearts, God goes in through our ears. This is what David said. Uh, listen to these words from Psalm 40, verse 6. He says, again, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have opened. See, God is saying before David ever does, he wants David to receive. Before David ever offers up a word of thanks and praise, he wants David to listen. <laughs> He has something to say to David, something that will change him and, and shape him, something that will grab a hold of him. He has promises to say to David and, and love to speak to David, and he, and he needs David to hear that before he does anything else, before he makes an offering or kills a goat or, or, or tosses up some grain. He wants David to hear all that he has to say to him. It's the same for you and me. Uh, I've heard it said before, and you've probably heard this too, that God gave us two ears and one mouth, and we are to use them in proportion, right? right? We're to do twice as much listening as we do speaking. And we live in a noisy world, uh, lots of people talking, uh, but God, more often than not, wants us to pause and listen, to let the word of God dwell in us. It's that way with God, uh, but I think it's also that way in our everyday relationships. Uh, if you could, you could think about it like this. Uh, imagine yourself... Uh, in February. Imagine it's the middle of February, which I know it's the last thing we want to think about now in July with the weather turning. But imagine it's February, and let's say it is right before Valentine's Day. And because Valentine's Day is right around the corner, let's say that my wife, Tiffany, has been dropping some hints about that day, about the 14th. She's mentioned it a few times in casual conversation. Maybe she's circled it with some hearts on the calendar in the kitchen. And I think to myself, okay, loud and clear, I gotcha. We need, I need to make Valentine's Day a special day. And so uh, I, I buy her a card, like the most expensive one at Walgreens. I go all, all out. I spend like $10 on a card that pops out and makes music. And I, I go at, during lunch and I buy her some flowers. And then I, I go on her Amazon wish list and I find the most expensive thing and I, and I click buy it now and I have it sent to the house. And I set all this up in the front entryway because I'm like, I, I want her to walk in and see how, how much I love her. And so I, I set it all there around 3 p.m. in the afternoon before she's home from work and then I leave and I go out for the night with my friends and I, I spend all night carousing with my buddies and, and I think to myself well that's fine because she's got the flowers and, and the cards and the gifts maybe I even order dinner and have it delivered to the house so she can sit and, and watch a movie and have something to eat and I, I come home it's like 11 or 12 at night and I'm kind of expecting hoping to be greeted with a hug and a smile for her to tell me how awesome I am but instead she's asleep and I go to give her a kiss and she just rolls over in the bed obviously doesn't want to talk to me and uh, of course, the reason for that is that I hadn't been listening, right? What she wanted was not just a bunch of stuff. Now, all of that stuff, the cards, the, the, the gifts, the, the flowers, the food, it was meaningless without me. What she was trying to tell me was that she loved me. She wanted my heart. She wanted to, to be with me. And if I had given her that, if I had given her my heart, well, then the, the gifts and the cards and the flowers probably would have brought a smile to her face. Those things would have made her happy, but without me, without my heart, without my love, well, then all the stuff that I could give her was, was utterly meaningless. If only I would have listened. Uh, if only we would listen, I think that we would hear our God say so much of the same. If we would tune in to what he's saying, we would hear about a God who loves us, 
who doesn't just want our stuff, but he wants our hearts, uh, that he loved us so much that, that our God was willing to send his own son, Jesus, into the world to be our high priest, the one who would sacrifice not grains or goats, but his very own life, the one who would offer up everything he had, his own body, for us, that's what we would hear about if only we would listen. Not about some, some angry, demanding father figure who's, who's, who's demanding that we give him all that we have, but a God who loves us with an amazing, unending love. And so that's my encouragement to you today. If, if I could leave you with one, it would be to listen. Before you put another dollar in the plate or offer up another hour of your time, listen to, to the, the, the beautiful, wonderful things God is saying to you. Listen to the story of God's own son. Listen to the cross and to the, to the forgiveness that Jesus has come to bring. Keep coming to worship like you are so that you can hear and recite and sing that word. Go to a Bible study. Join a small group. Open up your Bibles at home. Read it to your kids or, or your grandkids. Just listen to the word of God because it will change you. I, I promise you that. And, and here's what happens once you listen to the word of God. It will grab a hold of your heart. God will commandeer your soul and, and you will start doing things that you never saw yourself doing. You will put money in the plate that you never thought you would, um, but, but now you trust in Jesus. He's got a hold of all of you and, and that changes you. You'll, you'll start offering more of your time doing things you never saw yourself doing before uh, out of sacrificial love be, because that's what God does when he's got a hold of your heart. You'll follow and obey rules and commands that you found so hard to follow before all because God's got a hold of you because you listened and, and that word of God dwelled inside of you and he shaped you and he molded you into just the person he wanted you to be. And it's at that point that all that you do, all the sacrifices you make, all the offerings you give will be pleasing to him. In Jesus' name, amen.